0: Good morning, and welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and it is uh, the Wednesday after uh, Easter, um, uh, the 24th, I believe, April 24th. Yeah, that's right, Wednesday, April 24th, 2019, and uh, yeah, want to give a shout-out to those of you who listen to this regularly or semi-regularly. I know I don't post regularly, so why would I uh, expect you to listen regularly? And I can't even say regularly very well. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you. You encourage me. Um, I've said many times that I do this podcast for me, uh, but in many ways. Hold on pause. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Kind of a weird situation just happened. So uh, as you probably know, I'm I'm an English teacher and uh, April is the beginning of the school year. And so uh, we have to order new textbooks for all of our students. And uh, one of my classes starts a little later than the others. And so I don't really know the numbers until... Uh, it's already April, and so I had to... Anyway, long story short, I had to order the textbooks, and they were supposed to come last night. I didn't realize they were coming last night, and I was out, so I missed the uh, missed the delivery, but I really need them for today's classes. And so they were supposed to come this morning, which it is morning. It's it's uh, 9.26 now, a.m. Uh, but we didn't expect them this early, and my wife was going to get them later, and then I was going to drive all the way back from uh, Hitachi-Omiya, uh, all the way back... To uh, my house during my lunch, uh, and then go back to work again, which would have been an hour and a half drive, which would have taken up my whole lunch hour and a lot of gas. Anyway, I just left my house, as you know, because I started the podcast, and I passed my delivery guy. Uh, we have an excellent delivery service here. It's called Kudo Neko, which is Black Cat, also known as Yamato. Uh, and uh, I know the guy. We, My wife gave him a Christmas present last year, and, and a really great guy. And he recognized me, and I recognized him just as we passed each other. The thing is, my wife's out of the house, so we would have missed the delivery. Uh, but uh, luck was with us. We passed each other. We just exchanged boxes on the side of the road. Uh, and it was awesome. Yeah. And I got what I need to do, and now I don't have to bother my wife to meet me halfway later, and I don't have to drive. Uh, quite a distance to get it. They're in my car. My students uh, have what they need for today, and yeah, it should be awesome. So anyway, <clears throat> that's what just happened. Uh, so today, I thought I thought we would uh, talk about Easter. Easter is one of those uh, holidays or holy days uh, which has come under a lot of controversy in past years. <clears throat> uh, with, with, with my group, Churches of Christ, my, my former group, uh, I, I still claim them, but I don't think they would claim me necessarily because of the way my views have changed. Uh, holidays like Christmas and Easter were, by and large, separated from their uh, meaning in Christendom. In other words, Christmas as the birth of Christ and Easter as the day uh, that Christ resurrected from was resurrected from the dead, uh, largely because the dates could not be verified and being a very uh, text, uh, text-based, uh, Bible-based, uh, some would say legalistic uh, sect. Uh, therefore, we wouldn't um, celebrate it at all. And of course, the, the, the more conservative families would not celebrate any uh, Christmas uh, or uh, Easter, uh, especially the the non-Christian things. But my family just separated the two. So it was kind of a double holiday that happened every time, and we'd celebrate Santa Claus Christmas, uh, but not Jesus birth Christmas, which is pretty sad. I know, I know. Uh, but you had to live in the times and, and grew up in the place I did to understand that. And, uh, Easter was, yeah, it was, you know, bunnies and chocolate bunnies and eggs, but that, that was, uh, separated out, uh, from any, any religious meaning. In other words, uh, the symbols of the egg and the bunny were considered uh, non-Christian or, or uh, not okay for Christian consumption. <laughs> and so it was separated out, right? It was uh, parceled out. And this this state of affairs uh, persists, uh, I think, in a lot of places um, where... Uh, especially evangelicals would consider uh, things like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny to be pagan corruption that is entered into what otherwise should be holy holy days. Um, and so, you know, this is this is something that's persisted. For me, where I am now, uh, I've never really never, uh, you know, I've, I've had my, my question marks in my head, uh, but I've never really worried so much about, um, about that. It's, it's never been my cross to bear in other words. Um, but I've known many other people who have, uh, had problems with, uh, for example, celebrating, um, Easter with Easter bunnies and things like this. Um, lots of people right lots of people down through the years uh, and I know that this is a personal thing to where your faith is and and you don't want to to force yourself to do something that would, But uh, I did want to talk about the symbols of Easter. Uh, I've done some reading uh, recently, some light reading. I haven't, I have not uh, delved into this in any kind of deep way. Uh, these are just some things that I found on the internet uh, of other views of the symbols of Easter that I think are interesting and worth interesting and worth exploring. Uh, let's start with eggs. Uh, in, in the American tradition, eggs are, are colored uh, and then uh, we, we do an Easter egg hunt, right? We hide them. In other traditions, they actually have egg rolls, where they would roll the eggs. Um, <clears throat> and in the Orthodox tradition, uh, apparently dating from about the 1300s, eggs were colored red um, to symbolize the blood of Christ, uh, and so eggs eggs probably have the longest tradition Christian tradition in the in the uh, Greek Orthodox traditions, uh, especially Russian, apparently. And that's where we get the uh, uh, all of the eggs, right? Eggs eggs are a big a big Christian symbol in Orthodoxy, uh, and I think to a lesser extent in Catholicism. Uh, but I think largely in Protestantism, especially Evangelicalism, it uh, has been disregarded as a proper symbol uh, for the resurrection. Um, but some ideas that that uh, were were on the articles that I read were uh, the the egg represented the stone that was in front of the tomb, and that's why they would roll them. Uh, to, to remember how the 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 tomb door was rolled away right the stone was rolled away uh, and so kids would roll the stones to remember the rolling of the tomb and this is something that does happen in other traditions some traditions this is a I believe a, a, a UK thing the rolling of the eggs where they'd roll the eggs um, and then another one is that you know, an egg is a sign of new life, it's a sign of new birth, uh, and and so <clears throat> uh, the fact that Easter happened uh, on the vernal equinox, right, uh, or, or close to that time, which is spring, the time when the day finally uh, overtakes the night, in other words, there's more day than night in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> uh it, it symbols it symbols... Uh, okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to the egg. So the egg is a symbol of new life and new birth. Uh, Paul says that Christ was the um, the firstborn from the grave, right? And of course we know that Christ's resurrection uh, heralded. The new life that we would now have in Christ as we are resurrected with him and so the egg became a symbol of of the new life that we have in Christ now what what I've always heard the reasons not to celebrate Easter eggs was that it came from some kind of a, a pagan fertility uh, pagan fertility uh, ritual uh, and that even Easter, uh depending on which goddess you believe it comes from was from Eostre, or uh, Ishtar and so Easter derived from that uh, but a lot of people say it's 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 you know worship of a of a uh, fertility goddess well apparently and again I can't back this up yet apparently there's just as much... Uh, reason to believe that that pagans got it from Christianity as much as Christianity got it from pagans uh, because of the timing uh, when when these traditions uh, start to appear Um, But we do know that Christians down through the ages even as long as as eight seven or eight hundred years ago uh, used uh, the symbol of the egg to be a symbol of the new life that we have in Christ Uh, as heralded by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Uh, And, yeah, so, yes, of course, fertility has to do with new life. But Christ raising from the dead is the definitive statement of what new life looks like in all its perfection. Resurrection. Resurrection. The egg as a symbol of resurrection and new life, Uh, and so it's a way to teach children about that in a way that maybe they will understand down the road, uh, but they can understand uh, symbolically at least as children. You know, understanding life when you're a (laughs) child is—it's like understanding what water is to a fish. I mean, uh, that's just where they're at, right? They are new life. fish live in water. That's their whole environment. They don't even know what water is because it's, it's everything. Um, shout out to Dan Asperheim and, and his, his uh, hopefully upcoming book on the subject. Uh, just in case somebody takes that and runs with it. Uh, and so the Easter bunny. Okay. Now, now we're back to the, the celebration of the vernal equinox. The the rabbit, the rabbits were seen to come out of their burrows in the spring, to emerge from their holes in the ground in the spring, right? Uh, When, when, uh, the edible, uh, vegetables were starting to appear, uh, plants and whatnot that they fed on. Uh, and so just like Jesus came out of the tomb again in the spring, uh, rabbits emerge from their holes in the spring as well. And this this also can be a way to teach children about the, the new life that Jesus represents coming out of the tomb. You know, they may not be ready for the story of the gruesome uh, murder of Jesus, um, but they can be taught nonetheless that Jesus, uh, the main thing Jesus did was to give us new life. He's, he's our symbol of new life. Um, uh, and when and when our life gets to be too much, we can remember that we can turn to Jesus and remember that we have new life in him. And and rabbits and, and eggs can help us get there. Okay. Uh, and again, <clears throat> nobody knows. Nobody knows for sure. There, there's one. Apparently, one uh, reference person who said all this first, who accused uh, these things of being as being pay- pagan, is B E D E. I don't know if you pronounce that Bede or bede. Uh, anyway, he was a, a scholar uh, from many, many years ago who came up with this um, <laughs> conspiracy theory, if you will. That many people have kind of made their camp on. Uh, so, um, let me backtrack a minute. That doesn't mean that Easter, as it's celebrated today in the States, for example, necessarily honors Jesus. Okay? Uh, it has become a big commercial thing. Uh, and, and as with almost everything else, if there's money to be made, somebody will make it. Somebody, uh, Cadbury, for example, has jumped in and, and made a killing, uh, pardon the expression, on selling Easter stuff. Right? it's become a big commercial thing uh, and I don't like that I, I, I agree uh, that um, that just like church uh, okay, anything that money comes in contact with it corrupts money corrupts okay? power corrupts money corrupts because money is power And so, I'm going to agree that the way Easter often is celebrated, where I'm from, does not honor Christ. And therefore, you may choose not to participate in those symbols. And you are completely free to do that. There's no... uh, there, There... there's no reason to perpetuate something that does not honor Christ. On the flip side of that, uh, perhaps those symbols can be reclaimed, reconciled, used again, or maybe better, maybe we can find other symbols. You know, maybe you just don't want to go down that road at all. Uh, but I can't help to wonder, or or can't help to be suspicious, uh, of one of the ways that Protestantism chose to distance itself uh, from Catholicism, uh, and and perhaps to a lesser extent, uh, Orthodoxy. Um, is to throw out all of their symbols uh, and and try to discredit them altogether. There is a profound uh, distrust in evangelicalism of symbols, uh, of icons. For example, uh, we know that the the icons uh, of Greek Orthodox are you know are a big are a big deal, right? The visual aspect uh, of of religion and worship is a big deal in, in both the Catholic Church and the and the Orthodox traditions. Um, what in the world is this? Uh, to a lesser extent, uh, we have symbols in uh, in Evangelicalism, of course, that we make our camp on, and it's the cross, and to a lesser extent, the fish, right? And most of it's because the fish is believed to be the cross, right? To be a somewhat hidden symbol of the cross. And so people have kind of accepted those two, uh, those two symbols. And I'd also say probably another symbol that's accepted is a picture of a Bible, right? We would, we would always um, embrace that kind of thing. And we are behind it. just going to make us really late. I have to try to pass it at some point. Easter, um, you can have good reasons to go either way. Uh, I don't see it as a must-do this way or that way kind of thing. Um, so, oh, so yeah, so what I was talking about before, I was talking about this slow truck on my way. Uh, I think, I think what Protestantism. Evangelicalism at least did was throw the baby out with the bath water. Um, you know, we threw out uh, crucifixes, pictures of Mary, any anything with a halo on it probably is is uh, you know anathema. Uh, any any kind of uh, you know lighting candles or incense, any of those kinds of things. Um, and there's a lot more, right, uh, that we would consider to be, uh, pagan in origin and therefore to be rejected and even, uh, criticized or come under suspicion of being pagan itself, right? Um but I'd like to say I think I think we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I I think symbols are uh, symbols are right things are just simply symbolic um we see symbols all the time nature is full of symbols symbols that you know something that we see that is one thing that reminds us of something else that's a symbol right uh So, yeah, I, I think, I think either way you go on that, uh, I think you're, you're safe. I think it's, yeah, uh, I can't see, I can't see any, uh, any reason not to have a conviction either way, but yeah. That, that's some of my ideas on Easter the name Easter apparently is a metonym a metonym is what I learned about uh, a new word that I learned um, because of my my, you know, very light again, research on the subject of Easter a metonym apparently is a word that it's like a metaphor uh, but it's a word that becomes symbolic of something else and the example they gave was the word scepter, right? A scepter, of course, is a, is a like a baton that, that a king would hold in their hand, and it, it was usually made of gold and precious gems, uh, and it was um, something that only kings had. And kings, of course, are authorities, they are pretty much absolute authorities. And so the one who holds the scepter is the one who has absolute authority. And therefore, scepter became a metonym for authority. Right? Uh, to where, uh, in the Bible even, I can't remember in the Old Testament, it talks about the scepter. The scepter has moved from here to there. I can't remember. Uh, maybe Babylon has the scepter. But what, it, what it's saying is Babylon has authority. And so the word Easter... Apparently is a metonym. Now, what is it a metonym for? It's a metonym for sunrise or the dawn. Okay, the sun rises in the east. This is a this is a constant, right? The sun rises in the east. It does everywhere on earth. Uh, and and so east Easter somehow, you know, down through the years, uh, represents the east. The east is where the sun rises. Therefore, Easter is a celebration of the rising sun. And in English, that works out great, right? We would say Jesus is the risen sun of God. Uh, And Jesus has been referred to as the rising sun, the rising sun, uh, in in the Minor Prophets in the Old Testament, right? Uh, I want to say Malachi, but it could be Micah, I can't remember. <clears throat> but he is actually called the Risen Son, S-U-N. So it's not just a play on words. It happens to work great in English. It doesn't work like that in all languages. Uh, but it works wonderfully in English. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Risen Son... Uh, the rising sun, the dawn, uh, is a symbol of of Easter. Also because Jesus rose before the dawn, or at the dawn, some people would would say, uh, on Sunday morning. So Easter is always on a Sunday, right? And uh, we know that before the sun rose, Jesus rose just like the sun. Um, And so, yeah, Apparently there's just as much or even more evidence for that than the fact that it's actually a uh adapted name of, of some goddess uh of fertility. So yeah. Um so this this you know there is precedent There's precedent in the Bible of God using pagan things and reclaiming them and purifying them uh, to become useful religious things uh, for the people of Israel, for example. Uh, Oh my goodness. Alright, I'm going to have to make an adjustment here. This is not... Of East, rising sun, dawn, metonym for the dawn. It's like a metaphor, but it's a metonym. It's like a synonym, but it's a metonym. Um, but this, yeah, this idea of reclaiming things or, or, uh, notions that that the people of Israel may have had because of the context in which they live, lived in the ancient Near East uh, being surrounded by quote-unquote pagans who worshipped gods and did um, <clears throat> sacrifice uh, even human sacrifice, right? Spilling blood to the peace of gods. God used their assumption that blood had to be spilled to, to take them away from human sacrifice and allow them to sacrifice animals. This is, this is the take of, um, not Brad Jurczak and maybe his take, uh, of, uh, Boyd. And he, he talks about, he calls this, uh, this principle, uh, the principle of, uh, divine accommodation, that God accommodates where we are uh, uses symbols or, or rituals that we understand, but, but uh, makes them better, improves them, makes them more true, uh, and eventually completely redeems them. So, of course, the redemption of this idea of sacrifice culminates in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Right? That's, that's the culmination of that. Redemptive story. Uh, and of course, we're all very grateful and thankful for that. Uh, yeah. So, probably gonna go ahead and cut this off. I babbled long enough. Uh, but those are some possibilities of why we in the West do what we do on Easter, where it came from, where. It could return to good effect, but nonetheless, no, nonetheless, should should be redeemed and, and purified, as I feel they've, they've they've come you know become corrupted over the years. And so the way um, the way that you honor Christ using these symbols is important. And I I have to admit that I've been lackadaisical in that. I didn't know, right? I, some, some, something in me told me that, you know, that they weren't just bad in and of themselves. Um, but at the same time, I, I did not wield them well to honor the resurrection of Christ. And so I know I can do a better job at that. Uh yeah. So Easter. There you have it. Um in need of redemption, uh but I I feel it's redeemable. The proof's going to be in the pudding as it almost always is. So, yeah. You guys uh have a wonderful spring. Uh, this time of new life, new hope, uh, renewal. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.